Welcome to Kids for a Quid, the football show presented by kids. Hello, welcome back to Kids for a Quid, episode 10. Thank you for all of our downloads on the podcast. My name is Reuben and I'm a Nottingham Forest fan. My name is Elliot and I'm a Chelsea fan. And I am your trusty, completely non-biased referee um, who doesn't get involved in all that VAR nonsense. Um, I am the boy's dad, Chris, and I am a Nottingham Forest fan. So, boys, let's talk about game week 14 from the Premier League. Yeah. Or should we do Cooper watch and Potch watch first? Or do you just want to jumble it all up in and go Jumble it up all in. Cool. Okay, J- right. Elliot, hit us with your first game then. What's what's the first thing that took your, your eye this weekend? Definitely the referee decision at the end of the Spurs-Man City game. Okay. Tell us more. So, basically, um, Spurs scored first through Son. It was... A lovely pass. Some was one on one. Edison couldn't get there, and it was one nil. And then, remarkably, absolutely remarkably, some scores at the other end. Wow, an own goal and a goal. It's like Christmas and birthday. <laughs> so what else happened? Then, I think Spurs retook the lead. Okay. Or did City go to? So it, it was pretty much an end-to-end affair at, at the Etihad with... And what was the final score in that game? 3-3, three, three, but it shouldn't have been, really. Okay, why not? Simon Hooper let the game go on for one instant and mm-hmm. then pulled it back when the ball went straight through to Grealish. Mm, yeah, there's been a lot in the, um, in the media about that, saying that it was the wrong decision and that... Um, Harlem was very upset and um, yeah so w- what do we think about that mm, I think the referee made a mistake and Ruben Diaz afterwards admitted that um, everyone makes mistakes and I think he dealt with it really well maybe some others like Erling Haaland who used really bad language on social media I'm assuming because everyone's telling him off for it I don't actually know why yeah, no, he, he had an outburst on social media that was um, not his most professional moment, but at the same time, you can probably understand how the guy's feeling, uh, not making excuses for using bad language, um, but very, very frustrating that the referee um, makes a decision like that. And because it's not a clear and obvious error, it doesn't fall under the um, the review of VAR. So again, it's... It's painting referees and VAR in a really, really bad light. And they've had so much of that this season that you kind of feel sorry for some of the referees because they're just getting barrages of abuse week in, week out. But the problem is, is is the referee performances getting any better, Rue? What do you think? Well, I think the referee <coughs> performances are getting better and worse for some referees. Okay. They're getting better because, like... They're giving decisions that they should be giving, but some others ref are giving decisions. Like City, if City had a free kick, but and it was like a slide and Bissouma mistimed the tackle, and ref was like, "Okay, that's a Spurs free kick." Sometimes that happens because what if two people at once, like Grealish and Bissouma, and Haaland had the ball. Grealish going to like 
trying to pass it to um, getting in the space for Haaland, but then he slides into Basuma, but Basuma's already slid into Haaland, and ref says that's a Spurs free kick. I think that's what's happening. That's what's going wrong for some of the refs. Okay, so you think it's, it might just be sometimes there's a lot going on. Yeah. The referee has a short space of time to make that decision. Yeah. But that again, that's what we were led to believe the video um, ref- referee and elements were going to be there for. But I guess not. So, um, yeah, it, it's Man City now um, not picked up a win there. Um, what do we think um, <coughs> it's going to do to Man City's uh, title hopes? Do we think that's still well on? or? Yeah, I think it's still well on where they're playing um, Aston Villa tonight. So if they do get a win, then that could keep their title hopes on. Okay. Elliot, what do you think? I'm saying that given Arsenal's performance last night, I think that Man City will lose the title. Wow, okay. Arsenal will win. So, yeah, so this is uh, a little bit of game week 15 that we're, le- we're lending ourselves into at the moment because it was the Luton-Arsenal game last night that was a, an absolute cracker of a game. So if you don't want to know the score for that one yet, um, we advise you just watch it because that's obviously um, on next week's show that we'll talk about that one. So coming back to the weekend that's just gone, um, Arsenal, how did they get on? Very... They won 2-0 against Wolves and it was a good game. They had good chances, Wolves. They couldn't... Oh no, it was 2-1. It was Mateus Cunha with a goal. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Okay. So what did did you think of that game, Elliot? Because Arsenal raced into an early lead and then obviously um, Wolves dug in a bit and... Couldn't you have scored a great goal to get him level? I uh, have pull it back, not get him level. I have to say that Fang has been on a totally different level this season. Mm. I don't know his uh, previous stats in the Premier League, but he's just been outstanding for Gary O'Neill's men. It's almost like he's got Wang to O'Neill before him. <laughs> I don't have a tumbleweed button that I can press on the. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Every time Elliot does the bad jokes, Rue, this is the button we're going to have. <laughs> we can have the donkey button, all right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was a really poor pun, Elliot. Um, <coughs> yeah, Wang's playing fantastic at the moment. I think he, he took a bit of time to settle in, but he's um, he's he's scoring, he's, he's assists, he, he's, he's really doing, doing a great job in a team that a lot of people, myself included, thought Wolves were going to struggle this season, so... Fair play to Gary O'Neill. He's, he's certainly yeah. uh, turning Wolves into a, a, good, a good team that are, are proving, excuse me, hard to beat for some. So, other games of note last season, uh, last last weekend. What else happened? Burnley five, yeah. Sheffield United nil. Well, I think it was well deserved from Burnley. They played well. Ollie McBurney getting sent off again. Yeah, it tends to be a thing. Ollie McBurney yeah. get, got sent off. I think it's twice this season. I think he got sent off last season a few times. He's he seems to have a bit of a fiery streak about him that um, leads him into a bit of a, a bit of trouble. But five nil at the bottom of the table—that's a cracking result for Burnley, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And can I just say, on the subject of Sheffield United, Paul Heckingbottom has now been sacked, and Chris Wilder has come in. 
for his second spell as mm. the Blades manager. Yeah, he did. A, he did a fantastic job in the first time round, and he um, he got Sheffield United playing some good football, and they were very hard to beat, hard to break down, and um, he got them on the cusp of European football at one point. So he did an absolutely top-notch job with uh, with Sheffield United. Um, it remains to be seen whether he can work with the team that he's got and uh, and try and get some results out of them. But you, if you're Sheffield United, you're looking for that new manager bounce of picking up some points, which are much needed. When you look at the table, Sheffield United have got less points at the same point that the worst Premiership uh, Premier League team of all time had at this point. The Eep. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> B County finished on eleven <laughs> points that season, and when when you look at it. Um, they had one more point than Sheffield United do at this this time in the season. So again, with Heckingbottom gone, Chris Wilder expected to pick pick the pace up a bit and get some more points on the board for uh, for Sheffield United. But a five nil trouncing at home to um, fellow uh, relegation strugglers at this early stage, you got to think, wow. And I say early stage, we're almost coming up to the halfway point in the season now. So we're only five games away. So teams have got to start picking up points because it's starting to shape up. You can see the league. Uh, and, and for those teams in the mid-table, a win all of a sudden pushes them that wee bit further up the table. So it's it's developing into a, into a nice little race there, Ruth. Um, who did Chris Wilder used to manage? Sheffield United. No, but... Oh, so he hasn't been a manager. His last post, he was at Watford for a while. What? Oh, yeah, in the 2021-2022 season, but... When he got sacked. Yeah, when he left Sheffield United, I think he made a point of saying that basically Sheffield United's model is that they buy top quality championship players. And whilst they keep buying top quality championship players, they're not really going to be able to compete in the Premier League. And that, that was proved right as they went down uh, into the championship and, and took a couple of seasons to uh, to come back up. Yeah. Um, okay, so other games in the uh, Premier League last weekend? Um, You might... Not want to talk about this one, but events at the city ground. No, I think it's it's a perfect time to talk about it, Elliot. It's um, how did you feel about that game, Ru? No comment. No comment. Yeah. So we we had tickets to go to the game, and unfortunately were ill and could not go to the game. But to be fair, an eight-hour round trip to go and watch that. Um, I'd have been pretty frustrated to go and uh, drive all that time and go and watch Forest put on that performance against Everton. But uh, what if we were their lucky charm and we <laughs> went there and we won 2-1? I would have loved to have thought that the Forest players would have gone, hang on, those guys from Weymouth are here. Oh, right, that's it. Let's put on our A game. I'd like I'd like to think that that, that wouldn't be a thing because if it is, then that, that's pretty poor all round. But um, Forest were woeful, Elliot. Absolutely woeful. They were clueless in every single part of the pitch. And it pains me to say it, but they, there was no passion. And that's something that Forest sides and under Steve Cooper, there's always passion, there's always desire, there's always belief. And it's the flattest, um, poorest performance that I've seen Forest um, put out under Cooper. Also, can I add that this is the first points Everton have won since their 10-point deduction. Yeah, and when you look at... The, if you if you put the, their 10-point deduction back in, they're actually a mid-table team. They're, they're actually... They're doing really, really well in comparison to last season. So it's not a case of saying Everton are all of a sudden, because of a points deduction, become a bad team overnight. They haven't. But it still doesn't excuse the fact that Forrest would just couldn't even lay a glove on them. Forrest was so poor. 
Oh, is it gone, Root? It's gone. He's coming back. He's trying hard to think about it. Either that or he's holding in a pump. <laughs> oh, it's a pump. <laughs> okay. No, no, it was something, but I can't remember it now. Okay, well, if it comes back to you, just uh, we'll go from there. But yeah, so not a great performance from Forrest. They showed signs of love. <sighs> I feel a little bit aggrieved that it was a, an absolute stonewall penalty for Yates being thrown to the floor by the back of his shirt. But when it was nil-nil, not given, not even reviewed. And it's just things like that. You just think, well, does that mean then that that's okay in the penalty area now? You can grab the back of someone's shirt and drag them to the floor. That's a penalty. That's mm. not a penalty. We can do that. <coughs> Rue's remembered. Rue's remembered, everyone. I haven't. Oh, <laughs> he's got something new. <laughs> um, no, but you're not allowed to do that in the box. Is this a good time to talk about it, Elliot? Bright Chelsea 3, Brighton 2. Yeah. Not well, I mean, yeah. to be fair, there's, there's, there's not. Everton played well. They weren't brilliant, but they played well. They took their goal well. Forrest just absolutely clueless going forward. Um, it doesn't. There's not really a great deal more that can say about Forrest other than I think one or two more results like this could see the end of Steve Cooper. Mm. I think if they don't beat Fulham tonight, and then if they lose to Wolves at the weekend, I think it realistically could see the end of Steve Cooper. Yeah. I don't think Mr. Maranakis will um will put up with that for too much longer. <laughs> All right, Elliot? <laughs> I'm just laughing because I, I just remembered something. Oh, what was it you remembered? It, it, I just remembered the way that um last time um Fulham played um Forest, how they were like 2-0 up, I think it was, and then they lost 3-2. I think it was something like that. I think it was it was two I think I think Forest went one nil up. And then they went 3-1 down. They no. conceded three goals. Are you talking about the home game at the City Ground last season? Uh, I don't remember which yeah, I think one. It, it um, we were at St Mary's when it was Forest versus... I mean, it was Fulham versus... Yeah, and that was the 2-0 with, um, with Willian. Willian scored that great goal. Yeah, the yeah. home game, we it was in our patch last season when we were conceding three goals in the space of about 10 minutes. Yeah, We were 1-0 up and then all of a sudden, within the space of about 10 minutes, we were 3-1 down. Then Lewis O'Brien came on and got one back, and it looked like we might do something, but but, nah. but yeah, so yeah, it's tough times at Forest, but um, that's what they say: tough times don't last, tough people do. And every, I would say every single player out there has made mistakes, and Forest will learn from their mistakes that they make, and they'll make their make it make it better next time they play Edison at Everton at Goodison. Yeah, I think it basically it's, it's nail on the head. You've got to learn from those mistakes. Can't attack a game like that. Can't put in performances like that every single week. Otherwise, those players will find themselves not playing very much. So let's go and talk about uh, the uh, Chelsea and Brighton match. What happened there, Elliot? Oh, it is Benny Ashield. Oh, and uh, uh, who's that who got it in? It was uh, Enzo Fernandez, and then and then, like three minutes later, almost. Um, Levi Colwell. Uh, Jackson puts it across. Colwell was that over the line? Jackson smashes it in anyway, but it was over the line. No, Jackson Colwell smashed scores. it wide. Right. Okay. So uh, we'll rewind that. Great commentary. What was the score? I think that's the bit that people are like, hang on a minute, what's going on? What What was the score in the game? 3-2 uh, Chelsea. 3-2 to Chelsea, okay. 
and obviously so from from what you just explaining then talk us not the commentary bit but just talk us through who scored the goals and and what was what Enzo Fernandez was probably his best performance in a Chelsea jersey in my opinion okay <coughs> if if you look um i think <coughs> All of the team, even Robert Sanchez, who I so often criticise on this show, put in... <coughs> oh, Ellie, you've got a bit of a cough like me. <coughs> <coughs> yeah. Ooh. And head, head by the microphone. Okay, so Sanchez, did he make any errors? <laughs> almost. He almost scored an own goal. Okay. He, he was... He was so... Chelsea went... Who scored first, Elliot? It was uh, Enzo. Okay, and then what What was the score? Was it 2-0 after that? 2-1, 2-2? Two, 1-0. Two, two? No. Yeah, no, obviously, two, but no. after that, what happened? Do you want me to explain? Yeah, Rue, g- g- no. g- give us an update of what's going on in the Chelsea game. So, Enzo Fernandez scored, then Levi Coel, then... So it's 2-0 at Lotte. that point. 2-0, no. so it's 2-1. Yeah. 2-1, then Gallagher gets sent off. There it is. Okay, right. So and it's 2-1 to Chelsea when Gallagher gets sent off. And what happens next? Ch- Chelsea make it 3-1. What is that all about? So 10 men, and then all of a sudden Chelsea are in the lead by another goal. That, that surely... And it makes it 3-1, and then, uh, f- like, 20 minutes later, Brighton on the attack, Joao Pedro heads it home. 3-2, full-time whistle, Chelsea 3, Brighton 2. So it was a close close fought affair at the end, but Chelsea's discipline issues. Another player sent off. Reese James. Thiago Silva the other week? No, no it was Reese James, James and James. Connor Gallagher. A Chelsea's first red card this season, I think, Elliot. Mm. If I'm right, Elliot. <laughs> Elliot, you got your hand up. Can I just add that we got both of our captains sent off in the last two weeks? Reese James <laughs> James and Colwell, two consecutive weeks. Gallagher. But because Gallagher is on a two-yellow ban, I think he'll only get a one-match ban, James will sit out tonight and then he'll be back at the weekend. Yeah, well, Reece James can't really afford to miss much more football, can he? Because he's not played a great deal this season with injury and yeah. and with suspension. So that's got to be frustrating yeah. for him to, to start playing a game and then not play a game and then be suspended. And I imagine it's probably frustrating for Pochettino then, as well. What if he gets injured? Red card, injured, red card, injured. What if that happens? Then Chelsea will be without a captain to, at right back. Wow, what a thought. Can I just ask, when is Nkunku back from his injury? I thought it was four months from August, so I'd imagine that I I think January time is when he's looking at coming back Uh, from that injury, I imagine. No, I think um, it's the 31st of December. Oh, right, so not not January, but the 31st of December. So practically... (laughs) So just 24 hours later then, (laughs) Ruth. Yeah, so practically 31st of December, 24 hours later. Literally, that's the day that all of a sudden his leg goes... Oh, it works again. <laughs> no, 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 but that's when I think he should be back. You're right, Elliot. Yeah. Leave some air in the room for the rest of us. Um, wow. Um, oh, got, I haven't even pressed the donkey button. Um, yeah, so, well, basically, I, I think he was out for about four months, was what they were saying. So that would be from the 31st of December onwards I would imagine really he, he would be back at some point but but yeah it's um unless if he pulls his hammy 
Oh. Absolutely. If he pulls his hammy as well, that's just really bad luck. So, oh. so Chelsea might not need to uh, to go out and purchase a striker. But speaking of of transfers, very very quickly, I read something today about um, uh, it was it wasn't from the the most trusted publication, but it was basically saying that Pochettino's publicly said he's earmarked one signing that they are definitely going to try and make in January. No. Hmm. It's a goalkeeper, which I was a bit uh, of a head scratcher. Manuel Neuer. No, it's David De Gea. What? Because Newcastle, obviously, with with Nick Pope being injured um, for a, a long period of time, apparently Newcastle are seriously looking at into signing um, David De Gea. But yeah, I read somewhere today that I thought you were gonna say, if you're a Bayern Munich fan and you're listening to this, sorry if I pronounce this wrong. Spen Udrich. Udrich. Yeah. I thought they Chelsea were on the verge of signing him because he's not really starting that much after Neuer broke his leg skating, ice skating, and now he's back. Skiing. Skiing, <laughs> and now he's back and he's just performing brilliantly and I'm like, what? Yep. On earth is going no on? No ice skates required. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I read that today just saying that De Gea was, um, was on Poch's list, but I don't know if that's a, a, a true thing or not. But Elliot, would you, would you like to see... Um, De Gea in in in, the, in between the sticks at Chelsea. I'd rather I'd rather him go to Newcastle than him go to Chelsea. To be honest. Okay. Why? I, I think. I think because De Gea hasn't played for almost what is it? Uh, six months. Six months now, and Sanchez has practically played every game for six months. I think. We could sign him as a backup, but not actually between the sticks. I, I don't think De Gea will, will go. I think that's the reason De Gea is not, not playing anywhere at the moment. He doesn't want to go anywhere as a backup. He wants to go and get game time. I think United would have to let him go. Um, Anana's not exactly setting the world alight at the moment for United. I think it was a, it was a strange decision, but, but there we are. So any other games of note at the weekend? I'm trying to think now. I know one. AFC Bournemouth versus Aston Villa. Yeah, it was a good result for um good result for Bournemouth. Then they could have won that game. They played really well. It seems they're they're turning the corner. It was a two-two draw. It was a two-two draw. Well done, Ruben. It was. I didn't even know the score. Um, what about any other teams in the Premier League this weekend? Um, did we talk about Brentford? Nope. Let's talk about Brentford. Brentford v. I feel like I should put some like elevator music in the background. <laughs> Brentford versus Luton. It's Brentford versus Luton. Okay, and what was the score? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sack the researcher, boys. Sack the researcher. Yes, yeah, sack, sack mummy. Sack mummy. Sack mummy. Uh, okay. All right. So my microphone is leaning a little bit uh, far back. Uh, it's trying to run away from your jokes, Elliot. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's trying to right. run away for your pun O'Neill. Very odd. <laughs> 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 You've both been donkey tonight. Right, okay. So, due to a lack of preparation on the uh, the scores front, children, not looking at research. I, I got it. She's staring at me right now. I got it. You got it, have you? It was 2-0 Brentford. Okay, brilliant. Well done, Elliot. No, it was 
was 2-1. 2-0. Uh, okay, let's not argue about the score that you know nothing about, boys. 2-0. All right, so I think what we'll do is we'll um we'll say to our listeners that next week we'll be we'll be more than ready with some of these results here, boys, won't we? And we'll be able to talk a bit more about some of the games and um and we'll head into our next feature maybe. <whistles> All right, so feature, sorry, not feature, topic mm. number 2. So at the end of this summer, uh, we say goodbye to one of the most successful England managers in recent times. You're so, kidding me. He's not. Well, he has been successful, but he's not won anything. So we're going to say goodbye to one of the most successful managers in, in recent times. England haven't won anything, but he's been more successful than most. We've qualified for every major tournament under him, and we've got further into a lot no, of those tournaments. We haven't qualified for the Men's Olympics. Well, there's no England men's. aren't allowed to compete in the men's Olympics, Ray. The women's are. Well, it's not Gareth Southgate's remit, is it? <laughs> Gareth Southgate doesn't want us in it. No, it's to do with Team GB, so oh. it's Great Britain, it's not England. So, oh, I'm getting a grilling tonight, aren't I? Go on, research, have a word of them, ground them or something. Um, right, no. so Gareth Southgate is England's most successful manager. Um, in a very, very long time, he's guided us to every single tournament possible, okay? So we've qualified. We haven't not qualified. There's been previous tournaments when England didn't qualify. 1994 World Cup, we didn't qualify for. There's been Euros we've not qualified for, okay? So Southgate has driven us all the way, and he took over in a time when it looked like we didn't really know where we were going. He's given England a good brand of football. He's got England playing really well. But now it's at that point where some people are a bit like, yeah, it's definitely time for a change, Gareth. So with that in mind, who are we thinking is going to be the next England manager? Ruben. Um, I've just written down. Oh, my God. Yeah, if you put your headphones on, you can hear what you're saying, mate. And then you have to yell into the microphone. Um, <laughs> I just written down Jose Mourinho. I think his contract's running around out of AS Roma. I think he'll be good, but... Not too shouty like he was at Chelsea. I think he, because he like has um good like. Oh my god, what was it? Hair. No, <laughs> he has good like um team play style, at long ball counter. So I think England will work with a long ball and then because long ball counter is basically where you play a long ball. When you counter for in the old school, it'd be called route one, which is basically kick the football as far up the pitch as possible and everybody chase after it. No. Oh, that's route one. That's punt the ball as far as possible, <laughs> get it to the big guy up front, and then he chases it. Wimbledon were fantastic at that in the 90s. Elliot. Um, so, Rue's saying that he thinks Jose Mourinho would be a great option for the next England manager. What are you thinking? I'm saying Jose Mourinho, but there is another option. Yeah, there's there's many. Serena will swap one England for another. And Serena Weigman, I think Serena would be a fantastic, fantastic coach um, for England. But do you think there are proven managers out there better than Serena and better than Jose? Yes. So why haven't you said that? <laughs> no, I, I, I think I know why he's running on his last year of contract. He wants to go on a son holidays trip to Butlins. <laughs> I think I know. Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp. Right. I think 
they're on their last year. Forget about contracts because what what happens basically is if a manager, if if a club wants a manager, so if you imagine you're the manager of. Um, Barcelona. You're you're the Barcelona manager, and I want you as the England manager. I go to Barcelona and I say, "Look, how long's he got left on his contract?" And they go, "Oh, we always just signed a new one, five years." And we go, well, "We really want him." And then Barcelona go, "Okay, well, give us a load of money, pay off his contract, and you can have him." And we go, "Okay, here goes fifty quid." And they go, "Yeah, brilliant, you can take him now." So don't worry about managers that are in contract because that doesn't really matter because um, clubs will buy out the contract. I think now I know what you're explaining. I think Pep Guardiola, because he's a good manager, he's worked with some of the players while he was at Barcelona and Bayern Munich, and I think he'll be good and successful. Same with Jurgen Klopp. Okay, so Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola, so two non-English managers. Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho. So three non-English managers there, so you you don't think, and Serena, who's who's, not English as well. So, So, so far we've got no English managers there. That we think could take over England, and this is—it doesn't have to be an English manager. I'm just asking yeah. the question. So you think it could be one of those four, Rue, Elliot? Yeah, you've said Jose. Um, Who else? Well, I'm slightly biased when I say Jose, but okay. Uh, but <laughs> but um. Because of his hair. <laughs> no. Right. Okay. <laughs> but I also think you can laugh, but you might be. I think Steve Cooper. Okay. Steve Steve Cooper um, won the World Cup with the under-17s for England. Um, Steve Cooper has a lot of people have, have actually said that that might be a good shout for England um, and that they think he they, they see him as a potential England manager. Um, I would hate to see him as an England manager right now um, because then that means Forrest would be looking for a new manager. Are you, you going to strain something? Are you okay? No, no, no. I do not want Steve Cooper to... Lee Forrest. Okay, right. He's been a successful manager, and why I was laughing because like he he's he's brilliant, and I don't think he'll cope with okay. it. Okay. I th- I think the sentiments of many Forest fans is we all love Steve Cooper. We all want Steve to succeed. We don't want him to leave Forest, but we are aware that things need to change at Forest yeah. to, to to improve. So anyway, so Steve Cooper, I think is a solid shout for a future England manager. Um, I don't think I, I would be very surprised if he became the, the next England manager. Any others that you guys want? You've got a, you've got any ideas there? Earlier, I thought Hans. Elliot, you think Elliot could do it? <laughs> I s- yeah. I, I, I said got a pretty tricky school schedule. <laughs> I said earlier. Oh, earlier! I thought you said Elliot. <laughs> no, earlier I I was thinking Hansi Flick. Okay. A German manager who was successful with. A, German national team, but he got sacked when they lost to Japan. Um, Hansi Flick, what did he did he win anything with the German team? Did they qualify for tournaments or did they just bomb out? I think, I think he won the 2016 World Cup. Was that Hansi Flick? No, I think that was I that was Yogi Love. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, don't, I think Hansi Flick had an absolute mare. Oh yeah. I was just thinking, but then. Um, why I didn't choose him because I was like, yeah, I, he didn't win any competition. I mean, it goes to show if if you're the manager of a successful team like Bayern Munich and then you go and take on uh, an international job, it's not the same. It really isn't the same, and and you, you're up against some really strong teams. And yeah, the, the German team just did not gel under um, Hansi Flick. Elliot, any other managers you can think of? Well, 
I'm sorry to say it, but I don't think there's many good English managers out there. Okay, I've got one, and I'm I'm quite surprised that you've not mentioned it. And I I think this person would bring a really exciting brand of football to England. I think they pick off pick up where Gareth Southgate left off. I'm just not sure they'd leave the club. But Eddie Howe. Uh, oh my word! I am gonna. I want to kick myself right now. I don't have that. But this one, do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it? You kick yourself. So yeah. So I, th- I think Eddie Howe would be a fantastic manager for England, but I don't think he'd leave Newcastle. You're right. I think he's been successful at Newcastle. He got them to Champions League football. But one thing, I think he'll probably leave to go to England if he loses his Champions League match against AC Milan. But he he played with Newcastle so well last season and he got them into the Champions League and here he is now in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Third in their group? Well, I, I think what you've got to think about is that they're not going to make the decision, I wouldn't imagine, until the end of the, the summer, until the end of the tournament. So that that's going to play a part as well, because if clubs, quite, like you're saying, if Newcastle don't qualify for the Champions yeah. League, then does that make them start to look for a manager who will get them to qualify yeah. for the Champions League next season? Like, and does Eddie Howe then become surplus to requirements, Elliot? Well, I think Howe would be a good manager, but I think... There is someone who, um, let's just say he had, he, he's... Oh, Elliot, where's the chase and how do we get to it? Hang on, hang on! He's the Real Madrid bloke! The Real Madrid bloke. (laughs) Oh, Carlo Ancelotti! Carlo Ancelotti. Okay. I think he'd bring a really, really exciting brand of football to... And and he works with Jude Bellingham, so he would know how to get the best out of Bellingham. Okay. And Bellingham would probably overtake Kane in the, not in the goal scoring rankings, obviously, but in the first name on the team sheet race, because if Enchilotti's, <laughs> I always called him Enchilada. Then. Yeah, it's just like he's a Mexican dish. Bruh. <laughs> what? Why did I do it? Do you, that was probably a terrible fun. <laughs> right. Is everyone at home still okay? Are you all okay? Right. Yep, we're okay. Chelsea, uh, Chelsea link there with the uh, with Carlo Ancelotti. You think is going to be the uh, the next or potentially the next thing the manager because he knows and works with Jude Bellingham. Okay. But oh, oh there's a but. There, there is other reasons as well. I think. He won't leave Real Madrid unless he doesn't win the Champions League. Right. Okay. Or La Liga. Or La Liga. He's got to win something He's to want to stay at Real Madrid. Got to win something to stay. Okay. All right. Carlo Ancelotti's advisor there, letting us know what Carlo's next move is. This week's feature is our. Nottingham Forest and Chelsea dream team so far this season. All right, Elliot, hit us up with who is your Chelsea um, dream team so far this season? 
first of all, let me know if I've put too many or too little plays <laughs> in there because I haven't really figured out a formation yet. So. Right, okay, so you're just basically going, you've played well this season, they're going in. All right, so the researcher there is going to count up to 11 for us <laughs> and then yeah. let us know. I'll do it. Uh, Robert Sanchez in goal because he's been the only goalkeeper that's played for us this Brilliant. season. Brilliant, okay. Um, um, James at right back. Mm-hmm. Thiago Silva and Colwell, two centre-backs. Mm-hmm. Cucurella, left-back. All right, so we've got four at the back, so that's good. Enzo Fernandez. Yep. Gallagher. Okay. Caicedo. Okay. That's three in the middle. <clears throat> and then are you, are you going to do, so you've got four, three. Are you then going to have um, wide players, or, or how, how are you going to... Mudrick Sterling. Yep. Jackson. That's it. That's 11. Oh. Who have you benched? Who have you missed out? Oh. I missed Cole Palmer. Palmer. Oh, no. So, oh. Cole Palmer. No, don't... So, Cole Palmer. So, you've got Mudrick, who has probably uh, scored a couple of goals, maybe. Played a little bit. Would you swap Mudrick for, for Palmer? Um, I thought I had one more player spare. I was going to do... Mudrick Sterling the wide plays and then Jackson Palmer up top. So you could you could do that, but then you'd have to lose one of your midfield Four, three. So you'd have to take out. Um, I'd take out Caicedo. So if you took out Caicedo, that that's left with Conor Gallagher and Enzo Fernandez as your kind of holding midfielders. That was my plan anyway, but I was like, no, Caicedo's got to be in there as an one hundred and fifty million pounds. Oh yeah, he cost a lot of money, didn't he? <laughs> Didn't he? Wow, I'd, I'd forgot how much he cost. Rue. Um, else, who is your captain oh, and your vice captain? Or, 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 I think it's got to be to Tiago Silva. Okay, Tiago Silva and Tiago Silva, and then Gallagher. Okay, so Tiago Silva and Gallagher as your captains. Okay. Any honourable mentions? Obviously, Cole Palmer or Mudrick. Was there any other players that you think, oh, they should have definitely been in the lineup, Elliot? Um, there is one other player that I thought I could have fit in, but he's been injured half the season, probably. I was going to put Rhys James in there, but I was like, no, nah, he's been injured half the season. He can't be in there. Didn't you have him as your right back? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I know who we meant. I think I know who we meant. I meant Gusto. Gusto, right? Okay, all right. Rue, would you make any amendments to that team? Yes, if he didn't stub his toe on the first day and Kunku. Right. Okay, and Kunku. Well, it's because you don't know how he would have played. You couldn't really put an injured player in there because you don't know if he's player of the season. Because if if he turned up and he was absolute pony, <laughs> then you you don't know, do you? So any players that. Have Played for Chelsea, and you think that would have been a better addition to to the lineup than what Elliot's got already? I'd say Gusto, but Gusto, and uh, but I saw a little bit of Nkunku at Leipzig, so I know how he plays. Okay, but so, he's but he's not. So the, yeah. the the question is team of the year for Chelsea so far. So if he's not played for Chelsea so far, he can't be in the the, the team of the year. Elliot, last thing from you then, last he, word. He can though because he played in pre-season, but. I wasn't really counting that. So if you wanted to put him in there because of pre-season, you could. I don't want to put him in there because he hasn't played in the Prem yet, but you could put him in if you wanted. 
Okay, all right. Thank, thank you for that clarity. Ruben, your Forest, are you doing Forest or are you doing your Premier League team uh, of the season so far? Because there was a... Forest. Okay, right. You've changed it to your Forest one. So, your Forest team of the season so far, who have you got? Odyssey is Radichodemos in goal. Okay. I'm going for a 4-4-2 four, four, formation. Okay. Toffolo left back. Neocarte and Marino. Solid, yep. Aurier. Yep. Serge. Sangare. Yep. Dominguez. Nice. Yates. Okay. Mangala. All right, four in the middle. Up top, a Wonyi and yep. Alanga as captain. Wow, so no Gibbs White in that team for Forrest. Oh, I forgot about him. I've... Uh, actually, I've changed my mind. <laughs> I, 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 it was you. I was thinking in my head, oh, Mangala, but then as you mentioned, I was like, no, Gibbs White doesn't play for us. But then I now I, I you remembered me of Gibbs White. I was like, okay, Mangala out of right mid and Gibbs White in at right mid because he's like a wide player. Okay, all right. So, yeah, very, very interesting formation for that one, Rue, I think. I think Gibbs White's best position is something he's not doing a lot for at like Forest at the moment. And that's that's that yeah, just sitting in behind behind the attackers there. So he's he's trying to be put in on a wide right at the moment, and it's just not working. But with Hudson Odoi back in, you might actually see more of a uh, an Alanga Gibbs White and um, Hudson Odoi three with a striker in front and maybe two holding midfield as opposed to the three that Forest have got at the moment. But you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So um, there was rumours that um, Gibbs White was going to be um, dropped from the team this week because um, basically his performances they don't feel have been up to scratch. So Elliot, have you got anything else that you would add to that lineup? Um, um, I'd put Turner in goal because it would make them worse. It's amazing because just actually saying that, just checking the Forest lineup for the Fulham game tonight. Turner's starting. And um, Gibbs White has been dropped from the lineup. Can you tell so me the lineup? So uh, Vlacadimus in goal, Ina as your right back, Harry Toffs as left back, Felipe Murillo, um, Mangala, Sangare, Dominguez as your midfield three, and then Hudson Odoi on the right, Alanga on the left, and. Big D. Divock Origi starts on the bench. Turner, Nikate, Williams, um, Amoba Badeli, Kuyate, Yatesy, Gibbs White, Danilo. Danilo's on the bench. And Sir Christopher of Wood. Wait. Oh, yeah. A one he's injured. I've just got a question. Where's Wadder? Uh, he he's not been in the. the there's rumours of a falling out. He's not been in the, uh, the squad for about three weeks now. Elliot. Uh, has the Chelsea lineup out yet? That's oh, an eight. I didn't look at that because my phone buzzed and it was telling me it was the Forest lineup. So I'm sure all these people here are dying to know what the Chelsea lineup is for that. No, because that, that doesn't kick off till later. 8.15 that starts. Oh, but it, it's giving me the Chelsea injury list. This is an interesting one for you, Elliot. Lavia and Kunku, Trevor Chalabar, Ben Chilwell, Chukameka, um, huh. Wesley Fafana, Gusto, Madueki, and Ugachukwu. All of those players. Oh, I'm so impressed. I got all of those. Pronounce the eight. I probably didn't, but. No, but you got Chuku Mecca. It's Chuku Mecca. You said <laughs> you, pronou you pronounced him Chukwu Mecca. Did I? I want to listen back to that. I, w I want a VAR, and I don't think I did. VAR. Um, anyway, that's by the by. Right, okay, so. <coughs> 
those teams of the week um teams of the season so far okay all right fantastic boys have you got anything else you want to add to today's show before we sign off and let these people get back to their lives um i would like to add something actually i think when we come back next week i just have a sneaking suspicion we'll be talking about eric ten hag packing his bags yeah i think he will go if he doesn't if he doesn't win tonight, which, of course, I'm hoping to happen. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, they've, they've still got the Champions League, haven't they? There's there's a very vain, vain outside hope. So do you think they'd maybe give him that as a chance to get them into the next round of the Champions League before they, they give him the boot? They, they got beat Bayern Munich. Come on, how are they going to do that with a full... With a... Oh, Elliot, you've gone very high-pitched. Only, <laughs> only dolphins can hear you at the moment. That idea is almost laughable. They gotta beat Bayern Munich, and someone to beat Bayern Munich would not be Ten Hag. Well, we'll wait and see, won't we? Rue, anything else to add? Well, just to add on my dream team, I've just written down some subs. Okay. Origi, Hudson Odoi, Mangala, and Turner. Okay, very good. Because I think they would fit in. And a quick note: Forest one, Fulham one. Okay, all right, you think it's going to be I a draw? Origi's going to score his first goal for Forrest. Okay. With 28 minutes gone. <laughs> and then William with seven. I think we're going to go 1 0 down. Right, okay, all right. Ruse, Ruse is the prediction um, <laughs> guy to hit us up with uh, what he thinks is going to happen. Okay, thank you very much for listening. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, and tune in next time. Bye bye. You've been listening to Kids for a Quid, the football podcast for kids. <laughs>